uh, online, and it was wonderful. Thank you for being a church that just uh, is a family to Terry and I. And whether you realize it or not, Terry and I actually have a family. We have a daughter in Colorado, and her and her husband pastor a church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and we have two little girls over there that we spent time with. We had a great time, and uh, thank you for being so faithful to the body of Christ and doing the things that you do. Uh, Today, we celebrate our uh, 77th anniversary of when teenagers hit the beach and made it a way to where you and I were not following Marxism and socialism, but we were following Christ and what God had called the church to be in the United States of America. And because of their sacrifice, because of what they did, and throughout the years and the history of this nation, you and I are able to be a family. You and I are able to celebrate Jesus Christ as we gather together, and we're not told what to preach, and we're not told that we can only gather at a certain time. Did you know that many nations have to worship quietly? Because if they heard the worship of God, they would be arrested. And I know uh, some of my brothers and sisters, those that I know, are in these nations. And you have to shut down live stream. You have to shut down everything when you say their names because people are listening, trying to figure out how to destroy the work of the church. But let me tell you, today we're going to learn that Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross and resurrected, did a completed work. We are continuing the series today on the mysteries in the kingdom of God. Now, what we're going to talk about is a revelation that I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying it because I'm speaking it or because I have the revelation of it. I believe that 90% of the church don't even realize this truth, what I'm going to bring to you. This week when Jesus rose again, the work was completed. I'm going to ask if you turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit is directing all of us in the book of John. So let's build a platform to show you what happened in John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is that chapter that many people read and really don't recognize what Jesus was really saying. So I'm going to take you on a journey in the book of John here, and we're going to learn what Jesus set up, what he said to the disciples, and we're going to learn um, what the platform was, what Jesus set up in his conversation with the disciples at the Last Supper. And then we're going to dive into John chapter 20, and we're going to learn some revelation that I believe that 90% of us don't know what was said in John chapter 20. Now, I'm going to say this too. I believe that this is going to be the best sermon that I've ever preached. Not because I'm patting myself on my back, because I believe it's going to set you free into a realm of what Pastor Dan prophesied over Terry and I. But because we are pastors, we're shepherds of a congregation, that same prophecy is for you too. 
it literally trickles into you also, the anointing in your life. Because at Valley Community Church, we do church as a team. Um, There's no really one hero except Jesus Christ. And we are all the family of God, and we are all a part of what God is doing. So if God is blessing Terry and I, then he's going to bless you too, because we're a part of each other. Now, in what we read, I'm going to give you six phrases or respond to you with, remember what was said here, because in these six phrases, we're going to learn all what John chapter 20 is all about. The first phrase is, let not your heart be troubled. In John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. A lot of people rejoice in that word mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, picture with me, and we're going to say this a few times today, is that this is the Last Supper. He's talking to the disciples, and he's telling them what is about to happen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, then because of what I did, I'm adding to it because of what we're going to learn, there you may be also. There you may have the same thing that I have because I go, and then I return to you. Now, let's work, look at that word mansion. It is only translated mansion in the King James Version, the New King James Version, which we are reading from, and the American Standard Version. Because of the root word in the Greek, later on in this chapter, the same word is translated into a different word. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our same word home with him. It didn't say mansion. The word that is translated mansion is normally translated home in Scripture. The word home or abode or dwelling place. Now remember, picture with me, Jesus is setting the table, literally, at the Last Supper, and he is telling these guys what is going to happen. When we read these scriptures, we have a tendency to think about the second coming of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not talking about the second coming. He's talking about a few days. Last week we talked about the, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the death of Jesus, the crucifixion. Today we're going to talk about the resurrection. What Jesus is setting the table about is those three days, what he is about to do. Now, many uh, believe Jesus is in heaven now, (laughs) 
building mansions. And once all the mansions are built, then he's going to come back, second coming. The Bible says, though, that all heaven rejoices when someone gets saved, and everyone shouts for joy, all right? Let me just make fun of this. People think Jesus is standing there, man, I got to build another mansion now. Someone gets saved. And so for the last 2,000 years, Jesus is building mansions in heaven. Not true. We're talking about that Jesus is setting the table about that he says it is finished in his death and it is completed in his resurrection. So follow me. I'm trying to take something that is really deep, but I'm going to make it very simple to you because at the end of this service, we're going to jump back into worship because now we have a revelation that things are so amazing for you and me today because of what he did in those three days that we can jump and shout and speak in tongues and sing in tongues and do great things for the kingdom of God because what Jesus completed in those three days. Now, what is that? Now, let's make some more fun. You know, Jesus created the heavens and the earth and the whole universe in six days, but he's taken 2,000 years to try to make heaven ready for you and me. Mm -mm. Jesus is talking to the disciples at the Passover meal. This is the last meal he shares with them. To me, if I'm sharing the last meal with someone, I want to tell them the most important thing. I want to tell them the most important thing and how amazing they are in my life and what, if I'm going to do something for them, I'm going to tell them what I'm going to do. So this is what he is saying. He's saying, don't be troubled. Something is about to happen. But guys, I will come back to you. He's talking about his death, burial, and his resurrection. He's not talking about the second coming. So here it is. Jesus is explaining it this way. You can't dwell with the Father now. Why? Because of the sin of Adam. I'm going to have to go and prepare it so you can have a relationship with the Father. You won't understand why I'm going away, why I've been crucified. For a little while, though, I will come back. So a little while is in three days after he dies. So here in John 14, he's talking about the resurrection, not the rapture. And if you don't see that, we will not understand John chapter 20. That's why I'm telling you, John chapter 20, 90% of the church doesn't recognize it or know the revelation of it. But today you will. Today you will understand fully of what God did for you. Here's the second phrase we want to talk about. I have told you before it comes. In John 14, verse 25, look at that. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. 
But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace, verse 27, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Now, before I read on, Jesus here is talk, talks about two things. He talks about peace, and he talks about the Holy Spirit. Now, watch the very next phrase, verse 27. Not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We just read John 14, 1. So, Go to verse 28 now, John 14. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. He's talking about these three days. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that when I do raise from the dead, you will believe. Verse 29 is talking about the three days between the death and resurrection, not the rapture or the second coming. He says, again, okay, I'm setting the platform here for chapter 20. I'm going away and coming back to you, and I'm telling you before these things happen, so you will believe and have no problem with it. So let's ask ourselves a question. If you're still saying, no, he's talking about the second coming and the rapture of the church. In the second coming, do you think anyone will have struggles believing? No. The Bible says that every knee shall bow before the Lord. Everybody will believe. But in this passage of Scripture we've been reading, he's saying, so you may believe, I'm telling you before, it happens. All right, let's go on. So the Bible again says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Muhammad will bow his knee. Buddha will bow his knee. Everyone will bow their knee. CNN will bow their knee. Oops, I said that, didn't I? So let's get back to the, pack, the passage. Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Passover meal. He says, I'm going away three days, coming back, so don't let your heart be troubled. He is telling them before it happens. So when it does they will believe. Verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me. There is a purpose for this, these three days. I will destroy the enemy. He will be destroyed. The third phrase, a little while. John 13, 33, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am, you cannot come. So now I say to you, bottom line, in those three days, 
he's going to go down into hell. And he's going to take, get the keys of the kingdom. And then he's going to look, look around and preach to them. And then he's going to come back. And because the disciples still were struggling with what happened in the crucifixion, you and I would too, he's going to come back and see everybody. Then he's going to go to the Father, and he's going to prepare a home. And the home talks about your relationship with the Father, that no sin has a hold on your life. There cannot be sin in the camp. There cannot be sin in your home. And we have to get to a place in our lives that we understand what Jesus actually did so you have victory. 90% of the church still feel like Jesus has to do something more. He has completed the work. The enemy has been defeated, and I'm going to prove it to you. What has been shown here? So the world won't see him, but you will see him in a little while. You know why he said that? Because Scripture tells us that he came back, the disciples saw him, and then about 500 others saw him. The world didn't see him, but they did. And that's what, how we get the record of what we read in Scripture and, and Josephus and everything that has been written about the resurrection and Jesus being there. There is proof because a few saw him after he was resurrected. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? He's talking about the resurrection when he appears to the disciples. John 16, go there. John 16, verse 16, very clear. It's the death and resurrection. A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. I am doing a work. I'm completing the work. You no longer have to be concerned about having a relationship with the Father because of your sin. You have been delivered. <clears throat> Verse 17, let's go on. I got a lot here to show you. Then some of the disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me and because I go to the Father. It's very important that he goes to the Father because he was the lamb that was slain. For our sin. Verse 18, they said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, are you still inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. I mean, over and over and over, we're seeing it being stated. <laughs> because Why? Because when he dies, they will weep. When he dies, they will be sad. If you were there and I were there, we would do the same thing. Verse 20, most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice because of his death. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. 
your sorrow will be turned to joy because I'm going to raise from the dead. Whew. Then Jesus explains the experience. Verse 21. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. How many of you ladies have had sorrow because your hour came? But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again in three days. I'm just adding to that. And your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. So let me remind you what Jesus has been saying. I'm going away, but I'm coming back. A little while, I'll go away, three days. A little while, three days, you will see me again. He is telling them this before it happens, so why? That they will believe. Here's the fourth. Don't touch me. John chapter 20. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, John, you'll see that in the book of John, the other disciple is John, he's writing it, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and John was stronger and faster than Peter <laughs> and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Mary taught Jesus how to make his bed. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, very important, and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. This is the perfect picture, verse 12, of the Old Testament, of the Ark of the Covenant. Two angels, one at the head, one at the feet, and the presence of God was in between. Jesus is our Ark of the Covenant. He's fulfilled the law. Jesus is our way to the Father. He's fulfilled the penalty of sin in his death. Let's keep going. Verse 13. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. She didn't recognize Jesus. The reason she didn't recognize him is there's something different about Jesus. Verse 15. 
Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Do you remember the old hymn? And part of it says, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. It was a song written about Mary's experience. It's called, I Come to the Garden Alone. the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the sun Oh 
Imagine what Mary felt. Can you imagine how the sorrow was turned into joy? That's what took place. Yet a little while, I will return. Go back to verse 17. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Remember, we're talking about the completed work. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. See, a whole new thing now is happening. Is now God is Father. Jesus tried to preempt this by telling him about this throughout the Gospels. But now he's Father, relationship. He's not this mean old cruel God that's up there slapping you around. Oh, there's testing. And there's times he, he will uh, chastise because we're going the wrong direction. Why? Because he loves us. He's a good father. All good comes from the father. Tell the disciples I'm ascending to my father and your father. So don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll be with the Father. And I told you before it happens, so when it does, you will believe. Church family, it happened. Do you really believe God is Father? He's Abba, he's Daddy. When Mary sees him, he says, don't touch me. See, he descended first, the lower parts of the earth, Tell them now I'm ascending. Verse 18. Notice the scripture, chapter 20, says, in the same day and the same evening. Mary Magdalene came to, and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day and evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, remember the two things? Peace be with you. Again, Jesus said two things you must understand before I go away. Two signs. The end of verse 19, peace be with you. Verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me 
I also send you. Are you getting that? As the Father has sent me, now I send you. The relationship I have with the Father because of the resurrection, the death and resurrection, I have purified that. Now you have a relationship. Now I send you with that same power and anointing that I walk in. Verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, here it is, second one, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus in the three days in the, lower, in the lower parts of the earth walks right up to Satan and says, give me the keys. The Bible says he preaches to all in captivity in Abraham's bosom and takes them to heaven. He stopped, though he stops by before to talk with Mary because the guys, the disciples were still struggling, not believing. Look what happens. Matthew 27, verse 51. This is so cool. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Aunt Sue just showed up at your door. So the veil was ripped in two at the crucifixion. The saints of old roamed the streets at the resurrection, and the work was completed when he rose from the grave. It was completed. Not just finished, but completed. He ascended to the Father, entered into heaven once for all, and prepared a place to dwell, a home with the Father. He's dead. He's God and he's dead to you. Psalm 24, verse 7. Look what happens here. The Old Testament saints said this when they went to heaven. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory, the Lord of hosts? He is the King of glory, Selah. Let me just tell you what this is saying. In verse 7, lift up the gates and let the King of glory, Jesus, enters in. Verse 8, the angels shout back, who is the King of glory? Verse 8, and the saints shouted back, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle, because they've just experienced in hell the defeat of Satan. Verse 9, let's read it again. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So the King of glory went in and prepared the way for you and I to have an eternal home with the Father. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus said, boys, I'm going to take care of it so you can have a home with the Father. Fifth phrase. Shows you exactly what he did. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. John 14, 30. 
Something is about to happen. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. John 12, verse 27 through 31. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world is cast out. Why did Jesus say the ruler of this world would be cast out? He said it now. He did it then. Satan was dethroned 2,000 years ago. Many Christians are waiting for the second coming. He's been dethroned already. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the throne and has dominion. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a verse description of what actually happened in the Bible. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, guess what? There is. Here's the last phrase. A judgment was made in favor of the saints. A judgment was made in the favor of the saints. After Jesus stopped off and saw Mary, after the saints said, lift up your heads, all you gates, and let the king of glory come in. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel sees a vision of it. A description of the father who is called the ancient of days. Verse 9, I watched till thrones were put in place. And Jesus said now. Daniel was prophesying this and Jesus said now it's going to happen. I watched till thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days was seated, the Father. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated. It is completed, and the books were open. Revelation, it speaks of the judge, judgment and the book of life. Jesus said, now is the judgment of Satan. Verse 11, I watched them because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain. Oh, that's talking about Revelation, the, 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 the second coming. That's talking about the rapture. No, it's not. In Revelation, there are four beasts. This is the first one. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Verse 12, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time, and that will happen in the second coming of the Lord. Satan is defeated, church. Stop living your life thinking he's got control over you. Verse 13, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, 
one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Are you ready to worship? Let's continue. In a moment, we're going to do that. You get ready to worship. Daniel chapter 7. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom that's now. 2,000 years ago, it was completed, and today you and I can live in a completed work. You and I have dominion. Let's win this fight. The time has come for you and me to possess the kingdom today. Jesus has destroyed death, the power of sin. Satan has no more victory. It was finished when he died on the cross, and it was completed when he arose from the grave. The price was paid when Jesus died on the cross. The place was prepared, the relationship with the Father when he rose from the grave. A relationship, a home with God himself. So let's all stand and let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we lift your name. We lift our hands to you. We lift our voices to you. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the King of glory.